I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of LiveWire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Luke, it's Elena P. How's it going? Good, good. Just um, standing in my kitchen, staring into the refrigerator. Uh, nothing looks that uh, appetizing to me right now. Have you hit that moment oh, of quarantine yet? Yeah, that's the worst feeling. You sort of feel trapped and hungry. And something has definitely turned in this refrigerator. Oh, no. Because there's, no. I mean, just hundreds of leftovers at this point. Yeah, so, you should just sell yeah, your house. Not a good scene. Yeah, it, it's over. <laughs> Um, hey, yeah. before you do that, okay. though, you know, it's uh, actually time to start recording the show. Oh, right. We're doing that today, aren't we? Okay, hold on. Turn on my, uh, my, my fancy radio microphone. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, you sound great. Okay, good. And I have extra long headphone cables, so I can still go stare into the refrigerator if I need to. Oh, thank heavens. Uh, all right, uh, let's do this. Molly, are we recording? We are recording. Okay, Elena, fire one ready. From PRX, it's Livewire. Recorded from our actual houses, welcome to the Livewire house party. This week with writer Samantha Irby, food journalist Francis Lamb, and music from Mandy Moore. I'm your announcer, Elena Passarello, and now, live and direct from, I guess he's in his kitchen today, the host of Livewire, Lou. Burbank. Thank you, Elena Passarello. I'm a little bit out of breath because while you were doing that intro, I realized I didn't have my little sound effects box oh. in the kitchen with me. <laughs> so I sprinted down to the other room to get this box because, as you know, I'm nothing no. without the applause of the people. But now I'm totally out of breath, well, you, which is I didn't really think this through. You did your cardio for the day. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Uh, well, here we are, Live Wire House Party, episode five. I was uh, just telling you a second ago, I'm also stalling to catch my breath here, that obviously I'm very fortunate that we have enough food in the house, but I have really hit some kind of weird wall with, you know, like leftovers that don't seem that appealing to me. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, you know, do you ever look in your music and you think, I don't like any of these songs. Mm -hmm. Like I need, That's how I'm feeling about the, the culinary situation here at my house in Bellingham. Um, and normally, 
when I don't know what to do, I just order a pizza, but I feel like um, I can do a little better than that today. So I thought that we would invite somebody over to the uh, house party who knows a lot about food and cooking. Uh, my pal, Francis Lamb, who is the host of the radio show, The Splendid Table. Francis Lamb. Welcome uh, to my kitchen by way of Zoom. <laughs> Luke Burbank, thank you so much for having me. Francis, you are my uh, probably most uh, sort of food aware friend. Uh, so I figured I would call you up uh, to, to try to figure out how to really like navigate the, the culinary landscape during this coronavirus. But let me start by asking, what have you eaten so far today? Oh, my God. Um, okay, well, I had two bites of my kids' uh, Pizza English muffin. <laughs> uh, and I had some leftover uh, fake jerk chicken. I say fake because uh, I don't have a lot of the spices you would need. And so I just took like whatever spices I happen to have, which are, you know, maybe 30% of the correct ones and marinated chicken <laughs> and grilled them uh, while fending off three children who are asking for snacks and trying to run back inside to Get the right point is I incinerated the chicken, so I ate like three pieces of leftover chicken charcoal. And, okay. But the coconut rice and peas was yeah. delicious, and I had hey. uh, two tablespoons of that leftover. So that's been my diet for today. For all your food needs, tune into the Splendid yeah. Table with Francis Lamb, chicken incinerator. Um, in the last few weeks, you've really turned your radio show into um, kind of a quarantine cooking advice show. Yeah, and you've had a lot of people calling in with questions and emailing in. What are the challenges that are being presented to folks trying to cook during this time? Well, I mean, it's funny because now we're, you know, many weeks into quarantining. And I think a lot of people have started to get into a little bit of a groove or or at least have gotten to the past the point where it's just shell shock of having to now mm -hmm. cook three meals a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. You know, disposable income is a real issue, obviously, for a lot of people. But the fact of the matter is half of all meals consumed in our country are like either bought from pre-prepared or come from restaurants. Like people don't do that much like real home cooking um, mm -hmm. anymore. And, you know, being thrust in that position for a lot of people has been incredibly stressful. So mm -hmm. the first few weeks we were doing these call-in shows, it was a lot of very basic things. Like how long do leftovers last in the fridge? Like that kind huh. of thing, just like wow. very basic. Or, you know, I'm trying not to shop every day. I'm trying not to shop even once a week. How can I make my stuff last, you know, like very how-to technical survival skill kind of things. Mm -hmm. And now that it's like five, six weeks into it for some people, it's, well, if I'm doing this every day, I might as well like really enjoy it. So there's been more, right. the questions have been more about like a curiosity about something. If I want to get into making fresh pasta, how do I do that? Um, mm. So in some weird way, it's getting back into like the normal kind of questions that like a, a food or cooking show would take. Um, in that people are normalizing into their whatever their you know their their routine is now and want to find pleasure in their in their food again want to find pleasure in their cooking again so it sounds like francis some people are kind of using this time to learn a little bit more about cooking and food preparation but then of course there's also the people who you know do have young children maybe and are just trying to sort of make something uh, to feed whoever it is while they stare into the middle distance, things like <laughs> peanut butter and jelly or these other, what we think of as kind of basic foods. But one of the yeah. things I love about your show, The Splendid Table, is that you guys have this great way of taking pretty ordinary foods and really kind of like elevating them. So my thought was to call you up and invite you over to help me elevate a 
what we think of as a pretty easy to make dish that's a little pedestrian. So uh, here in my actual kitchen, I've got the fixins for a grilled cheese sandwich, but this right is on. like a better than average grilled cheese sandwich that you're going to kind of talk me through. Sure. Okay. First of all, the big thing that jumped out at me about your recommendation for the sandwich was putting mayo <gasps> on the outside of the bread, which mm. I, that just seems like a fire hazard to me. <laughs> okay, that is, in fact, my only true genius level trick for a grilled cheese. And I have to say, this is not my invention. I learned this from the chef Gabrielle Hamilton. Her restaurant is called Prune in New York. Yeah. Um, most people, when they make a grilled cheese, is they butter the outside of the bread. Uh-huh. Right. Which can be great, except it leaves you so little margin for error because the butter itself wants to burn. And, you know, grilled cheese is one of these foods that is simple. Everyone can make it except that like, you know, eight times out of 10 when you make a grilled cheese, you flip it over. And you're like, oh, God, why did it burn the grilled cheese again? Mm -hmm. The beauty of putting mayo on the outside is the mayo itself does not burn. Mayo, it sounds nuts to use mayo as a cooking, you know, fat. But if you think about what actually mayo is, it's really oil. It's just right. oil in this sort of like more, um, I don't want to use the word congealed because that sounds gross and I love mayonnaise. I never <laughs> want to slander mayonnaise. Uh, mayo is basically oil in more spreadable form. Okay. And if you use like a medium or even medium low heat, you can slowly okay. toast and crisp the bread with the mayonnaise. Mm. Okay. So I've got the heat now on uh, on the burner down at sort of a medium low range. I've got the bread all mayoed up. I am mm -hmm. going with a controversial choice, I think, American <laughs> cheese. I feel like American cheese is a tremendously underrated yeah. cheese food product. Here's the thing. Yeah. When you, when, 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 I think when, when we talk about food and like, oh, guilty pleasure, I have no guilty pleasures because I feel like if you like something, you own it. You should love it. Whatever. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. The food that right, should fine. be fake, let it be fake. So go whole okay. hog with American cheese and just love it. Okay. So you're, but you're, you're saying, for, by the way, this is Livewire Radio. It's Livewire House Party. <laughs> I'm Luke Burbank in my kitchen talking to Francis Lamb uh, from the Splendid Table. So, okay, Francis, I'm going to go with the American cheese. I make no apologies. I'm, I'm going to put a slice of bread down in, in the pan. Yeah. I'm going to throw some slices of cheese in. Now, here's another thing. Uh, I don't want to give away any of your trade secrets, but you had mentioned a Ruth Reichel trick mm -hmm. for the cheese, and I've also got that ready to go. Uh, what, what's, the, what's the deal on that? So Ruth Reichel, who is a, a, a mm -hmm. dear friend and mentor of mine, she was the New York Times uh, restaurant critic for many years and was the editor of Gourmet Magazine. She loves a little bit of very finely chopped onion, white onion, uh, and with the cheese, she usually uses like grated. I, I think she would yeah. be horrified at your American cheese. I'm with you. I don't know how she feels about <laughs> Listen, it. Listen, but she I've <laughs> met Ruth. She is a sweet spirit. I think she would give me a hug. I mean, in the before times and make me feel okay about my choices. By the way, these uh, onions, I have to give credit to my sous chef and wife who was actually helping me get this ready. Uh, these onions are exactly the consistency of the onions you would get on a McDonald's. Yeah cheeseburger wow. or hamburger which by the way is the perfect consistency yeah. for onions as far as i'm concerned fine job yeah yeah okay so a little onion in the cheese and then um uh, <laughs> I, I know this is an extremely basic question francis lamb but how do i know when it's time to turn the grilled cheese sandwich over well i would say this the way you've done it which is a traditional method uh is you've assembled the sandwich on the pan so you have your mayo bottom on the pan yep. and then you have the cheese on top you put the onions and then you put the other bread on top of that and that's totally fine but that's basically going to take you twice as long to cook as if you were to actually 
flip that other the top slice of bread into the pan, so you're toasting both simultaneously. Oh, how about this? I'm look look at what I'm doing. Oh, he's, Boom. he's deconstructing. Look, look at that. <laughs> and now I just I I Love risked it. life and limb. I pulled that top slice of bread off, and now I'm going to toast it uh, by itself. See, that's a little life hack that'll save you some time. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. That has never even occurred to me. You got rugrats biting at your ankles like that'll that'll, <laughs> yeah. that'll 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 take two or three bite marks off your leg. This is the Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank in my kitchen making a grilled cheese sandwich, a slightly elevated grilled cheese sandwich at the Very coaching of slightly. Francis Lamb from the Splendid Table. <laughs> hey, come on, man. And Elena Passarello is at her house in Corvallis. I do have a cool pro move hack for the end. Okay. If you want a little bit of a sexy trick, if you have some okay. Parmesan cheese. Uh, I do. Here's what you do. You get your grated Parmesan and just okay. throw it directly into the pan. In an okay. area roughly the size of your, your sandwich. Okay. Go for it. Got it. I'm doing Spread that. it out, little thin, like not a huge amount of it. That's probably enough. Like okay. you know, three or four pinches of it. And okay. now let it cook. You should hear the oh cheese my gosh. sizzle. That is already smelling and looking so good. I feel like I've always said I want to open a restaurant called Edge, which is just going to sell the burned edges of things. Because <laughs> the, the cheese, the burned edge of cheese on things, that's mwah. Well, this is, this is going to be right up your alley because that's exactly what we're doing. That okay. cheese will melt and the cheese is going to cook and, and crisp up. And before it is fully cooked and crisp, I want you to take your sandwich and throw it on top of the cheese. <gasps> oh my goodness. And the sandwich is just going to like absorb this cheese? What's going to happen is the bottom part of the cheese is going to be like crisped, right? And then the top part of the cheese, which your sandwich is going to touch, is still a little bit not quite there. So that's going to adhere to your sandwich, right? Oh my gosh. So you're gosh. basically okay. making a cheese crisp and then sticking it to your sandwich. Oh my God. Okay. I feel like I can't wait anymore for okay, this. I do hope it. I don't. Just, I, I mean, okay. just do Here it. We go. I'm dropping, I'm dropping the sandwich yeah. into the Parmesan cheese that's been melting in the uh, nonstick pan here. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, then how long do I let it sit there? I mean, I would say if when the cheese is starting to get like, like a medium brown, scrape the whole thing up with your spatula. Okay. I'm going to do this now. I'm, I am removing the yes. sandwich from the thing, flipping it over. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. This <laughs> is a decadent grilled cheese sandwich, you guys. Uh, wow. I love it. I love it. I am drooling all over this microphone. <laughs> okay, so here we go. I'm gonna, is it all right if I, yes. if I cut it go open now, it. Francis? Okay, <laughs> I have now uh, cut this, mm. which is, I can already tell is the best grilled cheese sandwich I've ever made or maybe even seen in my life. It's got this melty cheese in the middle. There's some onion in there. Mm. It's got it's got Parmesan on the outside of it. I'm going to take a bite here. Let's hear the crackle. And, uh, Let's hear the crackle. I know. Yes. Mm. Oh, my. I was a little bit hot. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I did not wait long enough. <laughs> Hi, that was I'm a mistake. But... And I can't speak again for the next two weeks. Yeah. It's okay. But how important is that yeah. in a radio host? You don't need your tongue. <laughs> All like radio theater aside, this is the best grilled cheese sandwich I think I've ever had. And now I know how to make it. Mm. And, uh, so thanks. That makes me feel awesome. I am so glad my work here is valued and appreciated. Francis Lamb from The Splendid Table, thank you so much for coming by the Live Wire House Party. Thank you for having me. All right, stay safe, ma'am. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. That was Francis Lamb, host of The Splendid Table. This is the Live Wire House Party. It's episode five of us doing this. Uh, I'm Luke Burbank. Uh, I'm still in my kitchen uh, enjoying 
the world's best grilled cheese sandwich. Elena Passarello is in Corvallis, Oregon. I assume at this point very jealous. Oh, yeah. I'm going to run downstairs and make my own dang sandwich pretty soon. All right. Uh, actually, we do have a short break coming up. So if you can do it really quickly, you could maybe even squeeze it in. Uh, we do have to take a short break, but we will be back with much more of the Live Wire House Party. Stay with us. Livewire is supported in part by Fully. Listen, you know in your heart of hearts that sitting around at work all day, that ain't great for you. But guess what? It's not just your heart of hearts. There's actually a lot of science backing that up, which is why Livewire partners with Fully, the company that believes people weren't meant to be glued to a chair all day. Fully has curated the best collection. And I've been there, by the way. I've met them. I've seen the stuff, and I can testify. They've got the best collection of standing desks, active sitting chairs, and other workspace tools that encourage us to move. Uh, I've got the TikTok stool. In fact, I'm sitting on it right now. I don't know if you can hear me rocking back and forth on it. But uh, the folks at Fully sent me this thing, and it is just a dream. Uh, it's comfortable to sit on, but it keeps me engaged in the work that I'm doing, keeps the blood flowing, and uh, and it's really improved my life as I uh, work to host your favorite public radio show and podcast, known as Livewire, in case you needed a reminder. Anyway, if you would like to be better at what you're doing and stay more engaged, check out Fully. Get your body moving in your workspace by going to fully.com slash livewire. That's F-U-L-L-Y dot com slash livewire. Fully, desks, chairs, and things to keep you moving. Welcome back to Livewire from PRX. I'm your host, Luke Burbank. This is episode five of the Livewire House Party. I'm at my house. I'm down in my little recording room now. Elena Passarello is in her little recording closet. <laughs> Each week on the show, of course, we like to ask the audience a question. And uh, this week we asked folks, what's something that you don't miss about uh, what I've taken to calling the before times? Um <laughs> People have been sending in all kinds of answers to that. What are they telling you, Elena? What don't they miss? Well, uh, here is one from Rebecca. Rebecca says, I don't miss trying to come up with excuses to miss social events. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but don't you feel like now it's shifted over to Zoom? I uh, d- should have done. I have a very party-centric friend who has come up with various Zoom theme parties. And no. I should have done my classic... Excuse ghosting. I'm a notorious party misser. But because it was Zoom, for some reason, I felt that I should. And I yeah. really should have bailed because I did. I misunderstood the complex invitation. The party was <laughs> dress as your favorite year and give a presentation. These are a bunch of teachers. And so I was like, there's no way that I actually am supposed to give a presentation. So I, being cheeky, said that my favorite year, everybody else was like 1984, 1952. And I said 33,000 BC. <laughs> that is a very Elena Passarello <laughs> answer. Well, I, my favorite work of art is the Chauvet Caves, which were painted back then. And oh. then I found this taxidermied skunk pelt that um, <laughs> I happened to have lying around. And I put it on and then I did my hair up and I gave myself a unibrow and I changed my Zoom background to be the Chauvet Caves. And then I pretended to eat my cat um, like it was a cave lion because there were cave lions back then. And then all the other presentations, it was like two hours of really well-researched PowerPoints on like the Monroe Doctrine. 
And so I'm sitting there. Oh, and I made David made me a cocktail, mammoth's blood in pond water. And it was really strong. So then I was drunk trying to learn about the Constitutional Convention. There is so much to unpack from what you just said. But I think maybe we just move on. Okay, yeah. What else are uh, the listeners saying that they don't miss? Here's one from Jeanette. I think Jeanette must be a bartender because Jeanette says, I don't miss having to cut people off at the bar, though occasionally I'll cut my dog off from treats just to stay sharp. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's obviously not great to not have a job. But I guess that also means that you don't have to deal with the annoyances of that job. Yeah. I mean, those bartenders are really doing God's work. Yeah. When it comes to a little before closing time, because I wouldn't want to be dealing with me when I'm in that state trying to get me to leave that TGI Fridays. <laughs> yeah. What else? Uh, here's one from Jessica, short and sweet. Uh, Jessica doesn't miss most people. I really wonder about that. Like when we come back to some semblance of normal life. Am I going to have a lot fewer friends because people realize that I was just basically annoying and they were just stuck with me? IRL. I mean, seriously, like this is going to reshape so much. Like here's a a weird flip side of this. My family has never been closer. I was telling you that, you know, we're Zooming all the time. It's like, turns out we do great when we're legally (laughs) prohibited from seeing each other. That is the right speed for us as a family. Um, Any other ones jumping out at you, things that the uh, audience is not missing? Well, you know, I would say 20% of the answers that we received, and we received quite a few, um, have to do with one general topic. Uh, They're all clothing-oriented responses. Oh, I see. People are, like, not missing, like, having to get dressed up and things like that. Yeah, Tracy doesn't miss pants with zippers or buttons. Christy doesn't miss wearing pants with waistbands. Ellen Hmm. doesn't miss... uh, Jeans. She used to think jeans were comfortable, but six weeks into social isolation, I'm never going back. And Linda, Beverly, and Jody do not miss brassiers. There's also heels. I get that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really, you don't miss your brassiere? <laughs> no, but I just think it seems very uncomfortable. I, I would definitely uh, not wear them were I a person who uh, had that body type. This could be the death knell for bras. I'm thinking maybe. Sorry, yeah. Victoria's secret. <laughs> The secret's out. Secret's we ain't out. putting those things back on, Vicky. <laughs> hey, you know how, Elena, when you're throwing a party, there's like always like that one friend that you're like, I hope they show up because oh, they yeah. just like bring the fun. Yeah. And like you're kind of looking out the window like, oh, are they coming? I'm going to invite that person to this house party right now. She's a comedian. Uh, she's the author of three books, including a new book of essays titled, Wow, No Thank You. Uh, <laughs> she is a pure delight. And she is joining us from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Samantha Irby, welcome to the show. Thank you for hanging out with me. You have this new collection of essays out, Wow, No Thank You, Samantha, which is so funny and mm-hmm. good. Thank but you. also, this would be the time under in normal circumstances where you release a book and then you go on book tour. Mm-hmm. You're doing this all, I guess, like from your house right now. How's that working out for you? Um, it, it It's a double-edged sword on one side. It's like... Um, incredible to not have to be flying and wear dirty clothes all across the country uh, and wash my underwear in hotel sinks and like hug people after that, which is really what book tour is. It's like talking to a lot of people while extremely dirty and 
uh, gross. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that part, I do miss, like, the hugging people. But Mm. also, I don't know that I'll ever hug anyone again after (laughs) this because uh, it's dangerous. Um, But then the other part is just, like, it feels a little, like, weird to be trying to sell something when people are, you know, sick um, I understand that it's a dangerous time, but also um, I have a contract to sell you a thing, yeah, so right? please buy it. <laughs> so it's like it's it's surreal. It's surreal. Well, it's surreal. The opening essay. I know you you must have finished the book last year, right, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. But the opening essay, uh, you sort of go about the details of your working from home day, mm-hmm. yeah. which is unbelievably. I'm sure so many people who are going to read it now have had the experience of like kind of putting all your stuff from the bedroom into a bag and taking it downstairs. <laughs> and that's your commute for the day. And I didn't mean for this to be like a lifestyle guide for <laughs> our current time. But <laughs> it does feel, though, Samantha, like you have been preparing for this just in your personal life and your way of moving through the world for a while. Yes. The goal has always been to move toward a completely indoor life. Um, I didn't bargain on, uh, like, economic collapse, like, being the reason right. <laughs> I moved toward one. But, yeah, I, I love being at home. <laughs> I've filled my home with a lot of stuff that uh, – makes me happy so I'm like fine to not leave I live like my wife's like an you know outdoor walk around Mm -hmm. like see people kind of person so (laughs) it's hard for me to watch how hard it is for her but other than that I'm into it this is the Livewire house party we're talking to Samantha Irby Uh, her new book of essays is called wow no thank you um, I, this it seems like a super personal question, but it's in the book, so I feel comfortable posing it. But you write about having Crohn's disease and how challenging that can be for somebody to be out in the world moving around. Mm-hmm. Is that a nice part of being home, that that's not part of the calculation for you? So my Crohn's hasn't been active for a while. Knock mm, wood if there's great. any wood nearby. Um, but I'm knocking is... on this acoustic guitar in this room <laughs> that I told myself I was going to learn how to play at the beginning of this and have made zero progress on. That, it's cool that you even have uh, an acoustic guitar near you. Like that gives you lots of uh, like cool cred sure. uh, to me. Um, <laughs> I think like having like a diarrhea disease just kind of dictates <laughs> more of my life than I want it to. I mean, frankly, that's one of the good things about not being on tour is like like I don't eat normally uh, because I don't want to, mm. you know poop my pants in an airport. Mm. Um, So being home now, you know, and the toilet being nearby is pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) we got to find the silver linings where we can during this weird time. Yes. (laughs) Um, Would you mind uh, reading a little bit from the new book, Wow, No Thank You? Um, There's a a chapter uh, where you're just basically, your anxiety is calling 911 on people. (laughs) Could you read from that one? Yes. Okay. Hello, 911. There's a middle-aged dad standing next to the yogurts in Trader Joe's, actively strumming a guitar (laughs) and trying to make meaningful eye contact with every harried person trying to get a box of pastry pups on a dismal Saturday afternoon 
and everyone other than me seems to be maintaining a relaxed and happy exterior, <laughs> despite the fact that this is terribly embarrassing and he is singing Bob Marley. Uh, Please get oh. me out of here. <laughs> All I wanted was a bag of reasonably priced shelled nuts sold to me by a relatively attractive retired shoe salesman <laughs> in a faded Hawaiian shirt. Is that really too much to ask? Hello, 911? Which line is moving faster, the one I'm in or that other line? And do you think I should switch? Does it matter? It's not like I have anywhere to be, but just standing here makes me feel like my organs are going to burst out of my skin. I can't prove it, but I think this line is moving incrementally slower. Why does that make me feel like I'm losing a race? Should I just stay where I am? Or do you think it's okay if I ease over to lane eight in a way that silently telegraphs, I'm not mad, just having an inexplicable panic attack, please ignore me, to the checkout girl? If I move to the other line, will the target god smite me by throwing a clearance <laughs> rack shirt with a missing price tag into that lady's cart? Why did I even come here? Hello, 911? I am the first person at this party. <laughs> Samantha Irby reading from her new book of essays. Wow. No, thank you. Here on the Livewire house party. <laughs> that first one you're talking about, the guy playing the guitar, it reminds, I just have zero chill in those situations. I don't understand people who are able to be around something embarrassing and not absorb the embarrassment into themselves. Yes. yes. I have to leave. That was a real incident that happened at the Kalamazoo Trader Joe's and there was a man strumming a guitar and I left my cart right there and got in my car and went home. I cannot like secondhand embarrassment. I feel so deeply that it's like painful to me. I'm also extremely embarrassed about everything I do and everything I've ever said and everything I put on. So it's not like just reserved for other people, but in like in a moment like that, I just shut down and I'm like, Oh, I'm, I have to go. (laughs) Um, you uh, write in this new book about uh, becoming a step parent kind of unexpectedly, and you write about uh, that sort of learning process for you and like how private to be with your stepkids. How's that all working out while in quarantine? I know a lot of people are in complicated parenting situations. It's well, luckily, they are both at the like tween and teen stage of being completely uninterested in anything (laughs) I do, which is, like, interesting to me because, like, I'm cool, right? Like, I think, like, I'm so cool. I'm, like, I'm into cool movies. Want to watch something with swearing? And they're, like, (laughs) no. (laughs) Like, you're, "Mm, okay, mm -hmm, yeah. Um, They (laughs) don't care at all about anything I am ever doing. Uh, And they, you know, I love my devices. They love theirs even more. So it's actually, like, been okay. We don't even know that the others are here because they're all just in their corners, like, TikToking or (laughs) – well, the older one, like, makes music. So he's, like, very, like, intensely with his uh, synthesizers and keyboards. And we have a drum set that he's always banging on. So we're – 
doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've been reading a lot about people who uh, have been listening to music from not just the before times, but the way before times, like uh-huh. high school times. Yesterday, I went on a walk and I listened to this album from 1999 that I hadn't listened to since I was in college. Um, and it made me think of your book where you reconstruct this classic, what was it, like mm-hmm. 1990? Yeah, like from early 90s to late 90s. That was really when I hit my like musical mm-hmm. stride. And that's, I mean, I listen to new stuff, but I still like regularly i'm listening to portishead oh and yeah oh man so good <laughs> evergreen Sarah McLaughlin. I, there's an amazing we're talking to samantha irby there's an amazing moment in this uh, new book oh, wow no thank you where you're living in a in a kind of i don't know, maybe rooming house might be how you describe it a place where there's a lot of mm-hmm. strangers that live there with you and somebody is trying to steal a cd out of your room and it's dave matthews band and you mm-hmm. got, like you have like a wrestling match over it yes he tried to steal my copy of Under the Table and Dreaming, and I was not having it. I mean, here's the thing about me that's going to make me less cool. Um, <laughs> I still love Dave Matthews. I would probably still wrestle mm-hmm. that crackhead for <laughs> my Dave Matthews <laughs> CDs. I still have them, Dude, I'm pretty sure. Ants go marching. If that comes on, I ain't mad at that at all. I know. <laughs> I know. Here's the thing. Like, I know it's, like, easy to dunk on him or whatever, but he does have a beautiful voice. And, like, he's corny, sure, but I, I'll i take corny. This is uh, uh, actually very appropriate that we've moved into slightly judgy territory because, <laughs> uh, by the way, we're talking to Samantha Irby. Her new book is Wow, No Thank You. Um, Samantha, you are an expert on judging. Not necessarily being judgy, but literally Judge Mathis. Like, you send out a newsletter where you recap episodes of Judge Mathis, um, Mm -hmm. which got us thinking that, you know, during this time of quarantine, a lot of us are home, we're with our partners, and there's a lot of, like, domestic stuff, domestic duties that we're trying to navigate, like, who does what. And Mm -hmm. so... We've put together a little list of of kind of possible domestic squabbles, and because you are so deeply I- immersed in the universe of Judge Mathis, we wanted to have you render some judgments in what we're calling live wire court. <laughs> this is maybe the greatest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> okay, good. Glad it's working for you. So, oh by the way, in the background, people can hear the actual people's court theme playing, and as Elena pointed out yesterday in a meeting. This song goes buck wild in the last like fifteen oh, yeah. seconds. Bongo, yes. That wasn't me, but bongo. It goes bongo crazy. Like yeah. uh, that's I, yeah. that. <laughs> that's a theme song. We yeah. need to bring that back. Oh yeah. All right, Samantha. Uh, here's a question for you: um, Is the last person out of the bed obligated to be the one who makes it? Oh. <gasps> Yes. As the person who is always last out of the bed, I do try to make it all the time. Yeah. No, you have to. Especially, you know, because the person who got up first is probably, like, doing something useful and, like, getting a jump on their day Mm -hmm. and not laying horizontally until (laughs) noon. Yeah. If you're last out, you got to make it. I'm going to take this recording and... Give it to my partner. <laughs> that is not the way it works in my house. <laughs> to oh, my no. disadvantage. So oh, uh, no. I can't no, you wait. You got to fix that. Thank you for that service, Judge Irby. You're Appreciate welcome. it. You're welcome. Um, Judge Irby, is it permissible to argue with a pet? 
<laughs> you know what? No, because the pet always wins. That is so true. Like, we have many pets in this home. They're all agents of chaos. <laughs> and even if you stop them from doing whatever bad thing they're doing, they're just going to start it again as soon as you walk away. <laughs> and you can't control that. There are many times where I'll be in bed and the cat will come outside the bedroom door and start meowing to go outside. Mm -hmm. And I will think to myself, I'm an adult. I graduated from (laughs) a college. I pay my taxes. This is a cat. I will win this negotiation. And then she meows two more times. And I'm like, she outsmarted me again. Like (laughs) she's a master negotiator. The first thing is they aren't bothered by (laughs) our noise nearly as much as we are bothered by theirs. Mm -hmm. And they have that advantage. Like I will do anything to get these cats to shut up. Right. Anything. And they have nothing else to do with their day. Like (laughs) like they, they, they just, they win the negotiation based on that practical consideration. Um, We're talking to Samantha Irby. Her new book is Wow, No Thank You. This is the Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank at my house. Lena Passarello is at her place in Corvallis, Oregon. And uh, we are asking some sort of, uh, I wouldn't say legal questions, but important (laughs) questions of Samantha Irby, who we're calling Judge Irby for the purposes of this segment. Uh, Judge Irby, uh, okay, which is more heinous, eating all of a good snack or eating 99% of a good snack and putting the package oh. back so the next person oh. thinks there's actually a good oh. snack left? I, like, my stomach just dropped out of my butt just hearing <laughs> that. No, it, you, you must eat the whole thing. Yeah. You can't put back a little sliver or a little piece. No, that's, no, no, no. Because <laughs> you are really playing with someone's emotions, especially during yes. the current, you know, COVID times, because if you see like there's some of like your favorite snack left all day, oh. you're thinking about it. You're like, I can't yeah. wait till that happens. And then mm-hmm. to realize at 11 o'clock at night, it was a mirage. Oh. That's, oh that's, that's rough. Like the, when you pull out the ice cream pint and then you pull too hard because you feel like yeah. it was full <laughs> and there's that lightness, like <gasps> it's that feeling, oh, it's crushing. The Germans crushing. definitely have a word for that. I promise yes. you. Yes. It's a horrible feeling. Uh, well, Samantha, uh, I think we picked exactly the right person to weigh in on these important matters because you like <laughs> your your legal mind for this is is absolutely sterling. So thank thanks you. for helping us out and thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Samantha Irby's You're new book welcome. is Wow, No Thank You. It is a really great read and it's exactly the kind of thing we should be reading during these otherwise stressful times because I know that I felt less stressed out having having read it. Amen. Oh, thank you. You guys have a good rest of your day. Be safe. All right. Eat 100% of all your snacks. Yeah. May your ice cream always weigh what you think it's going to weigh. That's the new sign-off in COVID. Yes. This is Livewire Radio. It's the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank doing the show from my house. Elena Passarello is at her place down in Corvallis. All right, let's get some music going on uh, this here house party. And I think I know just the folks to call. Uh, How about Mandy Moore, singer extraordinaire and also famous actor from the TV show This Is Us? And also, how about Taylor Goldsmith from the band Dawes? Guess what, Elena? What? They live together. What? Because they're married. Oh, makes sense. And they're adorable. Uh, Mandy's got a new album out. It's called Silver Landings. Uh, Let's dial them up. Mandy Moore and Taylor Goldsmith. Welcome to the Livewire House Party. Woo! <laughs> 
Hello. Hey. Where are you guys at right now? We are at home. We're actually in Taylor's office talking to you. In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, yes. What is uh, like an average day looking like in your guys' household right now? What would you say? Um, we've gotten a lot more committed to exercise. What? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> just oh, yeah. honestly, just because it's something to do. Yeah, we like look forward to. It. I've never looked forward to exercise in my life, Whoa. and now it's like, oh, it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to come out of this quarantine jacked or anything. We're, it's, it's basically to stave off all the, you know, banana bread and wine that we've been consuming. Exactly. But yeah, it's it's um, something to look forward to. And it's nice to get outside. I feel like people are going in one of two directions with the fitness stuff. I see people in my neighborhood that are just like dragging one of those CrossFit tires down the street <laughs> and then other people who have just set up an IV of nacho cheese and they're just like sitting on their porch. Like there's, uh, Elena created a new meal. What did you call it? Thrunch? Thrunch. Or, yeah. yeah. It's, it's your third lunch. Third lunch. I yeah. love that. Yeah. The last time that um, I talked to you, Mandy and Taylor, was in L.A., and it was because you were about to go out on tour. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I know this was a big deal, particularly for you, Mandy, because you're on this TV show, This Is Us, which has a really, like, intense shooting schedule, and it was going on hiatus, which was this, like, little narrow window for you of being able to do this thing you hadn't done in a long time, right, which is, like, a national tour. Yeah, 13 years I haven't been on the road and played music. So, yeah, there was this little narrow window, but, you know, it's disappointing, as I'm sure everybody listening has had something sort of have to shift in their life and schedule-wise. It's all disappointing, but the world has obviously changed a whole lot, and who knows when music will sort of get back up and running again anyway. So it kind of looks like unofficially will probably um, be touring again um, this time next year. Yeah. But we'll see. I've noticed like something that seems like just in texting with you a little bit, Mandy, and, and seeing you on Twitter, like you're you're very clear about the fact that you're bummed out that your tour's not happening, but you're also keeping perspective on like your privilege and Taylor's privilege compared yes. to other people. Because I know some celebrities have not been as good at that when they're like <laughs> just instaing how they're like getting through in their swimming pool with their kids riding out on a hoverboard. Like, are you <laughs> are you concerned about the optics of your life? You know, I feel like we've always been fairly transparent and a bit of an open book. We absolutely acknowledge the privilege we have. First of all, as as two people who are just here with one another, like we we are responsible for ourselves and our animals, but we don't even we don't even have kids yet. So I, I we really have no reason to complain whatsoever because it's not like we are parents and school teachers and have all of this tremendous responsibility on our plates like a lot of our friends do. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we're happy to sort of open up our lives in the way that we, we always sort of have, um, but well aware that we're, we're incredibly lucky, um, even just to live in a house in a Mm -hmm. neighborhood where we can go on a walk. And I know that that's not the case for everyone. So Mm -hmm. you want to be careful and, and understand that responsibility that you have. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting you saying that about people, you know, celebrities getting flack for showing their pools and hoverboards. Like, I wonder how, um, long-term that might be because like, I feel like we're maybe turning this corner of you know, we wanted to celebrate celebrity X, Y, and Z's new cars, but now it's like, actually, I don't want to see that. Right. 
Yeah, um, we're, we're we're experiencing this incredibly like human basic moment, and and I I I wonder if that'll stick with us for a long time. I, and I, in fact, I hope it does. Me too. Yeah, this is the Livewire House Party. It's our fifth episode doing this, coming to you by way of our actual houses. I'm Luke Birdman. I'm at my house. Lena Passarello is at her house in Corvallis, and we are talking to Mandy Moore and Taylor Goldsmith. Their home in LA. Uh, we got to take a quick break, but stick around. We will be right back. Special thanks this episode to Cheryl Churchick and Lance Albertson of Corvallis, Oregon, and Heidi Feston of Bonnie Lake, Washington. Cheryl, Lance, and Heidi are part of the Livewire member community, and they generously support the show with a donation each month. We are so thankful for that support because it is genuinely what is allowing us to keep this whole thing going. And no joke. So big thanks to Cheryl, Lance, and Heidi. Welcome back to the Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank, broadcasting from my house up in the town of Bellingham, Washington. Elena Passarello is in Corvallis. And we are talking to Mandy Moore and Taylor Goldsmith. We, we asked the uh, Livewire audience a question each week, and this week we asked them, what don't you miss about normal life? What's something that's actually like amidst all of this, something that we're perfectly happy to, to not have to deal with? Is there anything that's actually working out well for you in this? I don't miss shaking hands. I'm a quasi-germaphobe, and I'm actually fine with strangers. My friends, I miss hugging. I miss holding. But strangers, I'm fine to not shake hands. I I think I'd be A-OK with, like, the elbow bump from here on out. I'm so—I agree with you so much. I think that—I mean, the handshake is this old thing they did to make sure people didn't have knives up their sleeves, like in, like, medieval times. Like— I feel very confident most of the people I meet don't have knives up their sleeves. I'm good with eliminating the handshake. I mean, seriously, it's it's weird. It's also a weird power move people use sometimes. It's just yes. there's a lot in it. Yeah, yeah there's that's a, true. There's a lot of exposure. There's a lot of clamming, potential clamminess. Like, yes. I, I'm, I'm good to sort of table that for the time being. Yeah. Um, you guys are going to play a song for us. Uh, what are we going to hear? We're going to try and sing a song from Silver Landings from my record that came out in March. Um, Yes. And it's called If That's What It Takes. And with our limited recording capacity here and knowledge for setting up a microphone and getting a good balance, it felt like the right call. Yeah, I want to mention that of all the people we've had on this version of the show, you two— Mandy Moore and Taylor Goldsmith, professional musicians, had the least experience trying to record <laughs> yourselves, which struck me as ironic. Well, you know, Taylor's scoring the short film now, and he just, like, literally accumulated all of this equipment in the last couple of weeks. And I was like, um, if we do this podcast, can you help me sing and record it? And, you know, we're just, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Well, I've got my fingers crossed. All right. So so here we go. Uh, this is Mandy Moore and Taylor Goldsmith on the Live Wire House Party. Take it away.
Andy Moore and Taylor Goldsmith <laughs> right here on the Livewire house party. That was beautiful, you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. All right, is, that, is that just life in your house? Are you just like sitting around in your sun-drenched <laughs> California kitchen harmonizing and being in love? You know, it's not all bad here. Yeah, we, we've actually been doing like a little concert on Instagram once a week. And it kind of gives us like some sort of... Uh, like emotional release because, mm. you know, we were supposed to be on stage and thought we were going to be singing and playing every night. So it like gives us something to work towards by the end of the week. And then, um, yeah, it's, it, there is something really magnetic and feels like electric about being able to sing together. So yeah. sometimes I'm just like, babe, can you play that song so we can sing it? Oh, <laughs> uh, where do people find that Instagram show, uh, each week? It's on my Instagram, which is Mandy Moore MM, and and uh, at Dawes the Band. We kind of do it simultaneously on both of our okay. feeds. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, well, Mandy and Taylor, thank you so much for coming by the Livewire House Party. We really appreciate it. Thank you Thanks so for much having for having us. It's nice to talk to you guys. All right, stay safe. I guess that's gonna do it for episode five of the Livewire House Party. A big thanks to our guests, Samantha Irby, Francis Lamb. Mandy Moore, and Taylor Goldsmith. Livewire is brought to you in part by Foley, Alaska Airlines, and the Jupiter Hotel. Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Tim Harkins is our production director. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko, and Ariana Donneville is our marketing associate. Caitlin Kunkel is our writer, and Molly Pettit, our technical director, is our house party mixer. Nice. As always, a big thanks to Carlson Audio. Additional funding provided by the Oregon Arts Commission, 
a state agency funded by the state of Oregon and the National Endowment for the Arts. Livewire was created by Robin Tenenbaum and Kate Sokoloff. Our show is made possible by the generous support of our members. This week, we'd like to thank members Toby Fitch of Portland, Oregon, and Trent Finlay of Happy Valley, Oregon. Thanks, you guys. For more information about our show or how you can get our podcast or sign up for our newsletter, head over to livewireradio.org. I'm Luke Burbank. For Elena Passarello and the whole Livewire crew, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Livewire. When we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait. Actually, no. Sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast.